everyone, and welcome to another Fireside Chat. Uh, this is Fireside Chat number 28. And today we're going to be talking about driving change, which is quite an essential skill for a consultant. And I would say for anyone who's trying to improve their life. Uh, however, it's not as easy as, as one may think. Before we go into the meat of the pie, um, remember, if you like what you're seeing, uh, these are usually informal conversations. We haven't prepared anything and so on. So uh, if you like what you're seeing, subscribe, uh, hit the notification button so that we can, you know, you know when, uh, when things come out. And that's all the shameless plugging that we're going to be doing for now. Uh, let's, let's hit it up and, and start with you. So, why don't we go into the motivation behind change? Because a lot of the time people want to change things individually, no? but in order to make it happen, it usually needs to be a, a team effort. No? So who wants to start there? What, what do you think are some of the motivations um, and how can we deal with that? You can go, Mesh. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, so the way the way that I see is actually change is related to the pursuit of excellence, and it goes quite nicely with uh, the mindset of um, software craftsmanship as well, right? And excellence is about uh, continuously improving. It's doing a a better job next time, right? So always improving on. On, on the work that we, we have done previously, right? So the way I see it is that when you talk about things that need to change, it doesn't need to be related to a... Um, it, it, you, you, the connotation sometimes is that something is bad and so it needs to change. It could be that something is okay and we're gonna, we want to improve it and it still needs to change, right? So it could be incremental, right? So it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? So the way I see is the motivation behind change is our pursuit for excellence, whether that is related to processes, practices, culture, all those different aspects, even the product itself, the way we provide value, the way we interact, all these things are can be subjected to change in order to improve the whole, uh, in this case, the software development effort, because we're talking about creating software, but not necessarily just related to technology or technical practices, but as I mentioned, processes, cultures, and all, all those aspects as well. Yeah, for me, those those are the good kind of change, right? So you have the right motivation. You want to just make something better, as you were saying. Uh, and, and this is certainly one motivation for change. But there is the other one, as you mentioned, as well, uh, that is the ones that you need to. Right, so it comes from a need, and that those needs can be very different from each other. It can be a proper external need. I don't know. Maybe there is a regulation. Maybe there is a new kind of uh, thing that that you need to comply to that comes from outside. Maybe there are some issues uh, that you are having as a company or as a product that that will you need to change in order to address those issues. And some of the the the, the other needs are sometimes individual needs that come out of frustration. You're just frustrated about something that is something that is really annoying you. And, and you say like, look, I need to do something about it. And I'll need to, to change something. And I, I need to do that myself because like I'm the one feeling annoyed. But I think that the other ones are the much better change because like the, there is a, a, a satisfaction. You are doing that because you're really enjoying the ones that you referred to, Mesh. That is, I said, look, we are doing okay but we want to do even better, right? We want to improve uh, things and it, yeah. Actually, in a way that's also related to survival. You know, if you talk about- You just evolution. took that out of, uh, exactly, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> for, for me, it's it's about survival. It's about the context has changed and now if you want to succeed, no, it, you, you need to adapt. And mm -hmm. it's a reaction to, to the environment changing a lot of the time no yeah. whether that environment is your workplace your, you know the code uh, the business uh, you know the pandemic whatever it is uh, it is you know adapting basically and so, 
So, yeah. uh, like, sorry, Jose, I, I, I think it's even more subtle than that. You know, when I was thinking about survival, it's like, if you, the way I see it is a change should be constant. And actually, if you don't change, you might be, you're changing towards getting better, responding to environment. But if you didn't change, you might still be surviving. But at some point, you're going to become extinct, you know, or obsolete or wh whatever, right? It's, it's, it's almost like keeping up so that you don't fall so far behind that, you know, it's, you know, they use the term kind of like, you know, death by a thousand cuts or boiling the frog or those, all those different kind of uh, sayings that, that relate to this is that if you are not constantly improving, at some point you might find that, you know, you, you, you've got no option, but, but, you know, you, but to take some drastic actions to actually uh, survive that, you know, they, this is also a survival strategy where you are slowly kind of improving by making change part of, part of what your process and culture. You know, when we talk about motivation, one of the main reasons why transformation efforts fail is what is, what is known as lack of sense of urgency, right? And this is, you know, a lot of the time people die just because of that reason, right? Like you may want to be the one, you may want to change something around you, but no one else sees that as an issue. No one else is aware or is motivated enough to, to act on, on that, no? Um, and, and this is quite important because all, everything else is sustained on that. Like if you, if you put effort into creating that sense of urgency, and sometimes that may be, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's just get some metrics out of the code or let's some performance on the system or, you know, some numbers around, you know, how uh, cells are dropping or how our market share is, you know, reducing and so on. Things that seem a bit. Why do I need to do that? It, it, doesn't everyone see that? Well, a lot of the time, no, <laughs> because day to day is, is, you know, eating up all all the time, right? So, I would say that that's one of the main areas to focus if you really want to make things happen, no? like creating that sense of urgency. And there is a sense of urgency, but there is uh, some sense of excitement as well, because that's the other side. I think that, that it, I found it interesting when Mesh opened it, uh, like focusing the change on getting better instead of solving a problem, right? So, uh, because the, the same could apply in here. So there is a sense of urgency that's something that, hey, we really need to fix that. But another thing is like, hey, we are excited about doing this thing. So, so, so you can create those different types of uh, senses, like a sense of urgency, but a sense of excitement, a sense of like, hey, you know what? Like, wouldn't it be cool if we really did that? You know, so it, it, it's interesting how you a yeah. challenge, uh, more yeah. like a challenge. No? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Or paint a picture that, that said, hey, that everyone would like to be in a certain place in the future. Right. Or the company or the product or whatever. A, right. A vision, a vision that you may buy into. In fact, that that is what it's a very good, good point, actually. It's that that kind of change leads to, uh, you know, like. For, for example, we, we talk about the lawn developer who wants to to have test-driven development as a practice introduced, right? Why do they want to do that, right? So the part of it is, is it always related to them thinking that this will improve the quality of the software? Or is it the image of uh, XP and test-driven development and professionalism and doing the right thing and they want to place themselves within that. You know, is it a personal endeavor that they're trying to bring change because they're excited, as you said, by that mm -hmm. image of a professional developer that is trying to use the more um, better tools, let's say, to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it, I've never, I haven't seen it like that. You know, there is a personal thing and almost that seems to be often more frequent when they, the, you know, the individuals are trying to drive certain kinds of change. I think because they have their own view of what good looks like or, or what 
what a great place to work or what a great piece of software, what a, what a great product or whatever that might be. Like they have their own view of like, would it be cool if I was part of something with this shape? Yeah, yeah. so using these techniques, techniques or, or doing this. And, and, and as people idealize that thing, they want they then they 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 want to be in that situation and and they, well, I don't know if I don't know if, hmm. if idealize is the right word for this like ambition hmm. maybe like if they see that that is attainable and so on because idealize some seems for me at least has a connotation of you know something that you cannot achieve right and a lot of the times th those things are quite attainable it's just you know it's a it's more of a vision or a, or an image that you're trying to you know i think well th this this leads us to a slightly different uh thing as well because like uh the reason that individuals uh push for changes like normally they i think that they are more on a personal uh mission than in, in, in i don't know maybe i'm just taking my own uh <laughs> life experience and Why try to generalize try? right so <laughs> I, i'll probably not do that because other people might have different views but like for example normally when i was trying to drive some change i was more on a personal mission like there were things that i really believed that would be better for everyone uh but i was uh envisaging uh envisaging or idealizing something so like maybe i think that I said, oh i have these ideas this place or this software or this product or whatever could be better if you did that I had my own ideas. So that was driving me, my motivation to, to change that. Uh, but in order to achieve that, then I had to bring other people on board. And that is the difficult thing because we need to paint the same picture. People need to share the same kind of feelings, you know, uh, to that. Uh, there is a, a way that I was not able to do that very well as a developer because I don't think that I, back then, I... I looked very broad. I, 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 I must confess, I had a very myopic, myopic uh, view. Like I, I, now, the position where I am, I can see how myopic my view was. Right. So, so basically, I was just focusing. I didn't have like for example, oh, this would be better for the company or for their own project. Or, or even when I said those words. I always had a hidden agenda. What, what it was the better. way to link it to what you wanted. Exactly. This is often the case, though. It's it's quite a no, yeah. quite a normal thing, yeah. right? I I don't think, you know, I'd be surprised if, like, if you really dig down, you know, it's there are personal, there's it's a individual. personal drive, isn't it, behind it? And and you know what? It, sorry. No. No, when, so, when you so, combine, the only thing I would say, sorry, that, 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 when you can combine, when you are lucky and you combine, for example, this is what re I really want to do, or this is how I would like this to be. And that is shared because it's also, everyone says, oh, this is actually a good thing for everyone, then it's, it's a big winner. But sometimes you don't have that. And, and, and because of the myopic view, and I had to learn that in the hard way, because then you, you, you end up, I don't know if you've been, uh, the two of you have been in this situation where, you are thinking to yourself, why no one else sees this? Why I need to try so hard to convince people to see? Why can't they see this, right? And, and quite often, like I realized that I was the one that also didn't have the full picture, or I would, I could not see all the different perspectives. And, and but I, I can only see that now. You know, you, you just you may have the right them. solution. You, you probably had the right solution. Just needed to find the problem. <laughs> 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 exactly. So like, I need to find another place. Maybe I'll find another job that they have that problem. So that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, you know, you reminded me something because we, we, you know, with the Smoky Brains, we did a, a, a bunch of transformations and uh, sense of urgency was one of the things that we attacked. And part of that was uh, doing an assessment, right? And I remember very clearly there were three questions that we, there were many questions, no, but there were three in particular that were quite revealing to people when we showed them the results, right? And the three questions were, um, my organization needs to change. No, how, you know, I'm completely in favor or no, uh, liquor scale, yeah? My team needs to change. 
yeah, Lakers came, and then I need to change. And it was amazing. It was amazing, yeah, how people would agree that the organization needs to change, that their team, maybe there are some things that they need to change, but they shouldn't change. Oh, <laughs> and and yeah. it's mind-blowing, you know? <laughs> kind of. Yes. What do you mean you don't need to change it? What is the organization? The organization is the people. It's 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 us, right? Exactly. Maybe, so, maybe Jose, we should do another fireside chat just about driving to change yourself or driving the change in you. Yeah, driving personal change. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, no, and and we've been talking. You know, we talked about sense of urgency. We talked about vision. Uh, there's actually an article uh, by John P. Cotter uh, in the Harvard Business Review that is called "Why Transformation Efforts Fail." This is something that he wrote. You know, before he, I think he came with uh, came up with the model, with the change model. Uh, if you want to look it up later, uh, that's cool. But he he uh, put in there, I think, eight uh, reasons more or less. You know, you had. A, the sense of urgency, you had lack of a vision, so people didn't know what the vision was for, for the change. Under-communicating that vision, uh, actually, I think he says something like, by a factor of 10, you know? And, and this is very real. Like, you see people, hey, let's, we're going to change. They do a presentation, one presentation, yeah? And that's it. Everyone knows where we're going. Everyone, like, that's not the way that it works, no? Like, it, it, and... And uh, he tackles a bunch of things like um, having a strong coalition. So a group of people that is kind of pushing that. Uh, he talks about uh, generating quick wins. This is the other thing, right? Like the, you want to you wanna do a change, but that vision is probably years away from, you know, from where you are today. How do you keep people engaged in order to, to get to where you want to? And so like there, there's plenty of uh, pitfalls, no? that people normally go through really quickly, no? There are uh, also different types of change as well. And I think that uh, different types of change, they bring different challenges as well, right? So because, for example, I remember like a common one, like as a developer, you want to change like how the software is written. Maybe like you want to change the, the architecture of the system or you want to change... Uh, the design of how you do certain things, or even like frameworks and technologies and stuff. That is one kind of change, right? And this comes uh, with different challenges because different types of changes, you end up interacting with different people and you need to use different types of motivators in order to bring them along. along. So for example, this one that I mentioned, like we'll be more focused on developers, but if you want to change the process that you are using, uh, and by process, I mean, I don't know, how requirements are gathered or how we define the next set of priorities or how we deploy things to production, like the whole value stream mapping, let's say, for some, from an idea to software production. How do we work? How do we collaborate with other teams? All of a sudden now, the, the, the drivers are different, the problems are different, the type of people that we, we, you interact with to make the change is completely different. And you have like many other things, like there are cultural. So um, I wonder, like, for example, how well equipped we are, because we see pro, like as an individual, we, as you said, Jose, I find it very, very interesting because we think that we know all, right? We see the world with our own perspective and we can point everything that is wrong, but we never take into account that we don't have the full vision, right? And then we get frustrated. So I wonder, like, for example, uh, do you see many different types of chains and different challenges with them? like? If you ask me, I don't think uh, there is much difference. I mean, okay. let, let's 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 let, let, let's take a step back. Yeah, okay. are we talking about change or are we talking about a transformation? Because what, for me, what, what, those are two okay. those are two okay. different things. Yeah. Yeah. And explain the difference. For, for uh, me, a change. Sorry. No, no. Explain the difference. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what, what you don't. You don't see is. the difference. Okay, so, so for me, a change is a finite state kind of thing, right? Like you get to a point where that's that's the new state, and this is, I think, the mistake that a lot of people, uh, you know, that are trying to transform their organizations also make, especially you know the sea level and that kind of stuff. It's like we want to be agile. No, we want to be more agile, and that translates to every team needs to use Scrum. Mm. 
I okay. see. Mm -hmm. So and you classify that as change. I classify that as a change. There's a, it's a project kind of thing. No, it's a, hey, you know, we're here, we got here, and th this is a, a change. And to some extent, mm -hmm. that's that's okay. You you may want to go for that. When you're talking about a transformation, you're talking about changing the underlying, you know, belief systems or the culture that that, that is happening in so that independently of where, of where you are, it behaves differently. Yeah? Because what usually tends to happen is you're not transforming. When you do that change, what usually happens is people still believe the same things. They are applying the different the, the tools that you told them to apply or whatever, but they are applying under the same belief system, the same culture, and the same acquired behaviors and so on. So you know therefore... Funny, I, I have an anecdote there, uh, Jose. Just before you continue, actually, when I joined uh, UBS, in fact, uh, the I was in a team and the team had a, a, a product owner and uh, he introduced me to, to himself to me and he says, oh, I am the product owner. I used to be the project manager, but now we're doing this agile <laughs> thing. So they call me the product owner, but I am the project manager. <laughs> Yep. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so for me, a transformation is is always a cultural uh, thing. You're talking about changing the system, not just at the practice level, but at the at the fundamental level, and that is a lot harder to do. So, so yes, if you're talking about a, driving a practice or whatever, the a, let's say the specifics of, of what you're going to, like I need to train people. So I need to train them in TDD or I need to you know, like the, those things will be different because of course the, the domain of expertise that you're trying to, to push that change in is different, but what's happening underneath is exactly the same thing. Like people are changing their behavior. They're changing their beliefs and they're now seeing, you know, the context in which they are in a different from a different perspective, so to speak. No, I, I've never, I, yeah, I see. I've never seen this way. But so for just just to understand the, the point that you're making. So when you talk about transformation, quite often uh, we associate that uh, to company transformation, to, to very agile, large. Agile transformation. Agile transformation, agile transformation. Which is digital, digital transformation. Digital, digital transformation, transformation, right. Yeah, it's a big thing, company-wide, all this kind of stuff, right? So... Uh, but, but given the definition that you are making, so would you treat, would you consider, uh, uh, for example, you could have like a very small type of transformation. You mentioned TDG, for example. Because one thing is to say, uh, from now on, everyone needs to write tests, right? And then all of a sudden, now we, we've seen that in quite a few projects ourselves. Like there is someone says, hey, from now on, we need this, this amount of coverage, we need to have unit tests for everything or different types of tests or whatever, right? So that would be, given your explanation, that would be more of a change. Like a, a transformation is when the people actually doing the job, like the developers, the testers, the, the product owners, everyone involved in the software process, like when they, they truly believe that having those tests or writing those tests first is the, a better way of working. Is that the, the difference that you that are... Yes, Maybe. they're they're acting under a different belief system, so to speak. That's the way that I, I see it. They're, they are something new that they were not before. It's not just the same thing with a new with a new practice. So, yeah, Jose, uh, one thing I'm just looking at it from an in, in, like English language perspective. Just <laughs> where where mm. do you get the difference from? Because actually, the the word change and the word transformation, the transform actually is related to a form that takes another, another form, form. right? Okay. So that's also, you know, a form changes into another form. So both a transformation in the English language sense, I, I'm not looking at any dictionary, but maybe I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. transformation in English language sense involves change. So where, where does this change... distinction come from? The, the transformation is... Like I'm just picking on the the words because I think the concepts are actually really interesting. But I'm just first of all picking on the words. Does it come from some kind of body of knowledge, or is it just a uh, how um, how you're using the I, two I wouldn't two words? be able to tell you exactly where uh, where I got this from, to be honest. Um, 
from an English language perspective, you know, is 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 probably there's no difference on, on the Sorry, vocabulary regularly. No, 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 it's, it's fine. <laughs> no, it, you don't say okay. So let, let's put it this way: you don't say uh, you transform places. You you say you change places. You know what I mean? So the, there is an aspect there. Yes, there is a step that you're taking. They're no longer in the same position or context or whatever, right? Uh, but again, it's not a fundamental form kind of uh, form altering, no uh, event, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is, I think, where it may be, you know, coming from. But but yeah, I I agree. Like from a point of view, like this is this is also the thing. Like people don't. There is yeah. the difference. But is I, so think, I think I would like I personally the way I see it is that there are like you know it's actually talking about change at some level, mm -hmm. and what 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 you're describing transformation is change at the fundamental structures level rather than at the superficial level. Yeah, or the belief system that that he mentioned. Yeah, right? yeah. So so, the, so certain like changing fundamentals of course, is a lasting change because actually you're not trying to make, the outcome is not the thing you're concentrating on. You're concentrating on the levers that eventually would lead to that outcome and make that outcome sustainable. For the and, and, and maybe like regardless of the, the word, like uh, we understand the, 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 the difference that you are making and that maybe uh, explains why certain changes or transformations like whichever word we pick like but like why they fail because yeah. like one is more like driven to from now on everyone needs to start doing this but it doesn't mean that they really believe that they as you were explaining was like they didn't change one is superficial and the other one is fundamental yeah and, and yeah. i would say i'll probably use it as in the effort no we're uh, pushing a change no that's that's the thing the transformation is the outcome of that no and it's not just the uh, you know we got from point a to point b and now we're done right like it's it's again it's a it's a matter of uh, of impact or oh or, i see more impact Okay, so this is also slightly different. So the change the, effort versus you know transform transforming the organization, right? And you may have a bunch of change efforts, right? Like uh, or initiatives or whatever you want to call it. No, but that's that's the way that I kind of uh, see it. So so basically, like what you're saying is like because uh, I haven't seen that this way before. So there is okay. Again, I'm just like using some very simple examples for some people that might be watching. Like uh, one thing is to say, like one, th the outcome would be from now on, everyone wants to write or needs to write tests. So the outcome is like, yes, we have a lot of people writing tests. But on the transformation side, the outcome is like after some point, we we have a different culture where people believe that working in a specific way is the no, not even, no, not even. Uh, I would say we have a culture where people care about quality and they find the way to make sure that that quality is is there. And it that could mass. be a, a TDD, that could be something else. But they, they're acting under a belief system no, or, a, or a, yeah. A it's almost like a values kind of, you know, adoption of, exactly. of shifting values, basically. And, and that would be the outcome. So, so, so yeah. because, because this, this is interesting because this, this, for example, if someone is driving change or an organization is driving change, it also will change how we measure that, right? Because then we don't measure the outputs, we measure the outcome, which is like, so we don't measure like how many tests are being written or how or, or if we're doing like, daily stand-ups or doing exactly. and that kind of stuff. What if you, you would be surprised scrum. you would be surprised how many transformations <laughs> do measure whether people are doing daily stand-ups or they're doing retrospectives or the quality of that retrospective doesn't matter whether we're improving or not that doesn't or matter doing test, yeah. or they're doing tests even development or, yeah. Yeah. you know yeah, exactly. continuous integration or you know all those things that are actually the means and not the end Right. Exactly. It's interesting because, like, uh, again, maybe we are going a bit off on a challenge, and I don't know if we are, but like, uh, but but it piqued my interest. Uh, interest now, like, so then, for example, if we were going through these efforts, uh, 
how do we measure? So, so for example, so then we would try to measure like a cultural change. Is that like how we what we would then measure? Because it's more like how people would react well, to this, situations this instead of like what they are actually doing. Well, the, again, this, this depends on what you what you are trying to achieve. No, like what is like what is the reason that you're going to? If it is a transformation, yes, you should look at the cultural aspect, and there are many. Um, um, well, how do you how do they call this inventories? No, like tools in order to uh, assess culture, right? And, and many depends on how you want to think about culture. There's plenty of models and so, but usually the the one that I use is the Edgar Chains model. You know, the the three levels of culture. No, you have the artifacts. These are the things that are easily seen. No, like you know, post-its on the wall, ties. Uh, you know, the hoodies, the Mac versus uh, PC, whatever. Right. Um, then, uh, uh, sorry, you you have the values. Yeah. And then these are the values, the supposed values, right? Like supposed as in, you know, you're married to them, no kind of thing. This is this is the oh, stuff you that espoused. you know. Espoused. Sorry, I thought spoused, you said sorry. Espoused. 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 Espoused, espoused, which is not married. Espoused as in the ones that you say. That you say, exactly. Okay. So espoused. Then, so not then, married to them, but the ones you say. Exactly. Okay. Say. <laughs> okay. So and I, I I'll need to <laughs> rephrase that. But basically, is the ones that you put on the wall, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, creativity, innovation, blah blah. And how many companies do we know that have <clears throat> that kind of stuff on the walls? And then you go there, and they're like, the one behaves know, accordingly uh, to those. Uh, exactly. Those. You can, yeah. No, you can see the the moth. No, the, on the, coming yeah, out of the wigs, yeah. right? The dust, the dust uh, gathering on the on the, exactly. on the frame. <laughs> exactly, and then uh, and then on the night you you have uh, what he calls the um, unchallenged uh, beliefs or unchallenged assumptions, right? And this is kind of like the uh, belief system, no, that people share. It's not written anywhere, right? But they they've acquired it. No, it's the way that we do things here. Right, like people normally talk about it that way, and it's like this is how we do things here. Like this is not how we, you know, and and this could include things like again, you don't contradict your boss, right? It could be, it could mean if you make a mistake, you know, heads would roll. Like all of those things are the part product of the, the owner number. is the project manager. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, it's like listen, we're changing the name, but everything stays the same. Nobody said that. Nobody wrote it anywhere and sent it on an email, right? That was just there, right? And and people get that message, right? And the the deeper you go, the harder it is to change, yeah. Because precisely those things are not explicit, right? Like one of the first things that you want to have a culture, a healthy culture, and so on, is to qualify the culture and to make a lot of those assumptions and and behaviors that are associated with those beliefs be be visible, right? So that we can talk about them, and then we can start, you know changing those things so yes if, you, if you're talking about a transformation you do want to look at the uh, either the behaviors or the belief system no uh, there are many frameworks as, as well to be able to do that no but uh, you want to track that however there's an implementation aspect that you also need to look at right like how do you how do you know how do you organize that no so that what comes out the other way is what you kind of expect right and there is an aspect of you know project management and treating it really like a like something that needs to get done, no. And um, in general, the the way that uh, we used to do this was you would have a funnel basically, right? You know, you know the the uh, adoption curve of innovation, the diffusion of innovation mm-hmm. curve thing, you know, the early adopters and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine that that's kind of your funnel, right? Like what you want is everyone in, on each of those things to become either a supporter or, you it, know, be, might be, be engaged. Jose, sorry, it might be good for our listeners to explain the adoption curve. You talk about the crossing mm-hmm. the chasm type thing. Or... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Chasm in it. yeah. Yeah. So, so this, this comes, I think from a research, uh, with, uh, um, farmers in the U S where they tracked uh the adoption of technology in particular the uh, how farmers in the area would adopt a specific type of seed 
for I think it was corn or, or one of these things, right? And then they plotted that against you know the the whole population, and they realized that there were certain behaviors associated with different segments, right? And it starts with the innovators, so the people that kind of like create the the seed. Those are in, in one extreme. Then you have the early adopters, yeah, the people who were looking for a seed that. Uh, you know that that would sold that would be resilient and all these things like easy to to know the good good, uh, good stops all all of that stuff no um, then a, I think you you have the early majority and between the early majority and the um, and the early adopters yeah you have a bit of a gap right like it, it's difficult to get to to the other side and this is what a lot of uh, books around innovation and around you know lean startup and all the things they kind of use that as a as a way to scale the business etc if you manage to get to the early majority then you kind of solved the problem it's the crossing the chasm that they call exactly right? it's so crossing it's the, the... the chasm uh yeah going uh, eggers book yeah so basically you have that and then at the end you have the laggers the people that you know they only change their phone when the Nokia 365 broke <laughs> then oh shit now, now I have to uh, no uh, buy a phone or, or when Nokia goes bankrupt <laughs> exactly exactly so so that's that's the yeah, for the phone to break you need to throw a big stone at it right so yeah break yeah phone. exactly <laughs> it, it's possible that's going to break this stone but... so 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 basically you need to look at the change like basically like um let's call it a, a political campaign no uh where you have people who've never heard of you like you have this funnel and then at the end you have people super engaged with the change or who are already expressing their behaviors right and on each stage of the of that funnel then you need to uh, set actions in order to meet, move people through the funnel yeah so if no one has heard of you or your change or whatever they need to be aware of you right that's the first step no and then if they are aware of you you know how can you move them to the next step which is maybe you know having them perform certain actions that are not you know they may not be the whole thing but they're beneficial to them so they you know and then if, out of those people some may start you know engaging more so maybe you want to give them specific responsibilities or, or delegate responsibilities to them and so on right like you you build your own kind of uh funnel yeah. no? and i wonder like if this applies like if we go back to the, the actual individuals trying to drive change if this happens also at a more local level, for example, even these this kind of like curve, like with the cross and the chance, as you were speaking, I understand from from a product perspective, like normally when you talk about crossing the, 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 the chasm, uh, we talk about product adoption and things like that. But like, I wonder, for example, when you're driving change, if you have a similar effect as well. Uh, so for example, you are within an organization and then you want to drive some change. It depends on the size of the change as well. It's a very local change. You have very few people that you need to deal with right and, and, and very few things that you need to do to, to actually drive the change uh, but if you want to drive a, a slightly bigger change i wonder if that that is kind of similar in a way because like first of all like people need to be aware of the things that you are promoting for example you cannot drive agile uh in, in a company if no one has heard about that before uh also like you need to, to reach a certain uh, group of people in order to have a strength and then go to the next level and then really promote that change to a wider audience. So you see what I'm saying? So it's the same thing, yeah, but just more you like can follow the localized. You can follow the same same thing because, you know, the idea of the innovator is, so like, let's say that you are the person who, innovation isn't just about invention, right? Mm -hmm. It's about taking ideas and bringing them to another place where you are, or right? So the, if you look at the innovators, you, you are that person let's say who thinks well you know we're working in this way but actually if we worked in an agile way we would we would achieve better results and you have a very clear idea and it's not just personally driven but you have a clear idea on how that could happen and you're the innovator then right and what you are you you you're trying to do is or uh, is to to get to the um is it the early early adopters right so you're trying to find a place where you where you can establish this early adopter type dynamic whether that's within your team or this is something that we maybe we should talk about is like bringing about change 
It's like, how do you find the first set of people uh, that that will help you with that change, right? Of course, there's other aspects of creating the agency and so on as well, but you need to find those, like your team and so on. You create the exactly. agency, but you also need to convince people, right? This is quite key, right? So because like you cannot drive change alone, right? So because driving mm-hmm. change means like, you know what you'd like to change. You know how you would like to you like to work in a different way or, or build whatever feature in a product or whatever, right? So if it was just up to you, yeah, you would change like that. But the reason that we normally are talking about driving change is because not everyone else in the surroundings see the world like the person driving the change sees. And and you need to bring, you, start, you need to start bringing those people together like and increasing the number of people that want that change in order to actually create that cultural impact that Jose was, was, was talking before. And also like the, the other aspect that I would like to bring in, it takes a, spe- uh, 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 a specific type of person to actually do that as well. Because like everyone- It takes a leader. Is, it takes a leader in a way, right? Because I, like it's I, very easy. No, it's just like saying like it's very easy for everyone to point fingers. So like it, it, when you do a survey, everyone can say everything that is wrong. Oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. But it takes a type, a specific type of person that can actually change that and and make bring people along and, and actually make that change effective. You know, like, uh, you know, I, I would I would go beyond that because, yes, you need a vision. And, and a lot of these times, you know, this is this comes from individuals, no, like the, the whole I have a dream uh, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like you're talking about what your vision is and then people share it or, or can get behind it or whatever. But in order for this thing to actually happen, then you need what it's called a, a guiding coalition, so to speak. And that is. Uh, that's a few things, a few thing, uh, things, right? Like you need leaders, so you need people who are able to lead, but you also need people who are uh, very good at executing as well. You also need people who can influence other or who, or who have authority in the organization, and so on. so there needs to be a right balance in there in that group because it's very difficult to get all of those things in just one person. You can do that maybe in a team uh, or you know like a smaller thing, but usually. Um, in an organization, you require the help of, of all of them. And that balance between execution, ideation, uh, you know, influence, authority, and all of that needs to be, you know, the ingredients need to be there. Otherwise, you're going to hit a wall, right? If you don't have authority, you start putting things over, and immediately you're going to uh, bash yourself against the walls of the system. No, it's like, no, no, no this uh, is the... No? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree that, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I certainly agree that uh, not always the person driving that change has all the necessary skills or can amplify uh, that desire, that sense of urgency or that sense of excitement. Uh, but the person driving the change needs to understand that. So, for example, they need to understand, okay, I need to amplify that. I need to create this sense. I, I need to, we, this needs to be done uh, so that we can get more credibility, so that we can go to the next stage of the change. And, and even when they know that they cannot do that thing, let's say they need something done, maybe they don't have the skills, but they have someone in that coalition that you're mentioned. But but they need to have that vision. This is what I'm trying to say. Even assembling that co- coalition takes a specific type of person. So you see what I'm saying? It's a much wider view. It's not only like I'm gonna keep shouting that we need to do TDD until someone listens, because like you're just gonna be like you're loser, you're gonna lose your voice. That's, that's the only thing that's gonna happen, right? So, uh, but it, it takes a specific type of person to strategize that, and this can be a very. Uh, I'm actually I'm always looking for this kind of word in English. I know that they exist. I just don't know what it is. But it's almost like it's not unfulfilling or not unrewarding. It, it's something. It's a very difficult job to do because, like, you might not get any reward for it. That's that's a the thankless word task. Thankless job. This is this <laughs> is exactly yes. That's the word. So, because like driving change can be a very thankless job, you know. Like, let me just fo- refocus my camera. Uh, so my camera loses focus sometimes, but but it can be very. It will come back at some point. People uh, in the podcast don't need to worry about it. 
True. <laughs> so yeah, people listening to the podcast, they won't see me blurred at the moment. But 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 this is what I'm saying. While I'm blurred, I'll keep speaking anyway. So it's a very thankless task because like it, there is a lot of effort in driving change. So you need really need to find some inner motivation, you know, like some some inner strength because like you're gonna be fighting the status quo. And sometimes for almost no reward, it's just like that you feel better doing your job. Or so, so you, you really need to understand what motivates you because it takes a very special type of person to actually drive change. I think, I think the the you know this. It, it, I think if you go alone, yes, definitely, you will need to you, you will need to find the reserves of energy that will keep you going. But if you actually go um, with people then it it's it, it's better and you will go go further right so no sure i think this Sorry. also is about the the need to find your coalition early and quickly and it doesn't need to be the you know you can find your your partner and the but next this is the hardest so part but this is the hardest part because like this is what i realized like over time finding the first people to subscribe to your ideas is harder than than amplifying that later. So you see what I'm saying? Like so yeah. so. I, I don't know, and like because because uh, this is the thing. Again, uh, we're we're talking about it like you're trying to drive change and so on. But there's plenty of things that you can get from an external consultant that, that they can do this. And I remember in particular I talking. That was the only shameless plug that we were. Gonna <laughs> no, do no, 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 no. No, 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 no. But, but, listen, listen, listen. Yeah, you can hire coaches and we'll talking... sort that out for you. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not, it's not us. But I was talking the other uh, a, a while back uh, on the podcast to someone from Satalia, right? And what they were doing is they were using um, uh, metrics to understand the influencers in the organization and then use that to accelerate the change. So I would rephrase what you were saying. It's difficult to find them. No, you already know who the people that you would love to have on your change are. Those are the people that, you know, you invite them. If someone's going to throw a party, you would invite If you person. have their buy-in, basically. Exactly. Like the the difficult part then is how do, I get them to join, how do I get them to join me, right? But a lot of times you can tell who you want. Uh, bribery, driving, bribery. Driving. <laughs> right? but, but that's the that's the idea no and uh, and and this is interesting because a lot of uh you know the state of the art on that is precisely using you know uh, thousands or, or, or of millions of, of data points on you know who interacts with whom in the organization etc and creating these networks no of of the organization who influences and so on and using that to kind of accelerate that and then putting some of the people that are hubs, no, that, that are kind of like the connectors in your organization and winning them over and trying to, and if you don't win them over, at least they will tell you a, what it is that is wrong with your idea. Uh, but this, I, but don't this, I don't know, I don't know. So, sorry, oh, I was nice. just gonna say that that sounds like a very developer kind of solution to the to to the people problem, right? The way I see this is <laughs> yeah, the, the way I see this is if, if you if you've got an idea and you are really motivated by it, and and you can't convince the people closest to you, then you should really be reviewing your idea. Yeah, I, I had to learn that in the wrong the 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 the, the hard way, and this is precisely what I was saying. Because sometimes you drive change, like convincing the first people around you. This is like one of the biggest challenges because, like, you are not just convincing them that uh, that you're that maybe there is a better way of doing things or or that you have a, a better idea. You need to motivate them to join you to drive that to to amplify that need so that. So you because you have you can have many different strategies. Like it depends of uh, how well you understand the situation. Because for example, you are saying Jose, there are a few key people that if you bring them on board, it will speed up the process because either they are the decision makers or they are very uh, influential uh, and stuff. But but again, there is like what I'm trying to say is that it goes beyond then, for example, I want to use CDG or I want to add this feature or I want to improve the product or I want to change the process. It becomes a skill on its own 
driving the change because you need to have a much wider view of the problems like, okay, I know what I would like to improve. I know what I'd like to change, but actually driving that change and create this strategy in who you speak to, how do you bring them on board? Who is important to, to influence? This is a skill on its own. And this is something that I didn't have in the past. Again, I would be just shouting that everything is wrong. And I had this magical solution that would fix the whole world. And as I said, I just lost my voice most of the time. Right. So, but you know, you know, but this is like where Jose earlier said, talked about, like, you know, the first thing is to create the sense of urgency and sense of urgency is actually part of the convincing process. Right. Sense of urgency. Like, you know, it, there's a lot packed in that kind of a simple sentence. Because it's a sense of urgency for the right people as well. For the it's right not people. Only like the it's the person. It, it, yeah. And at different right levels and different times, you know. Exactly. And and it's a different thing for everyone. Again, it's a it's a bit of an empathy exercise as well. Right. And understanding other perspectives and what it is that is important and aligning all of those things together. Right. We. Uh, one of the things we used to do was, you know, a, a case for the change. Yeah. And we looked at a bunch of things. It was not like, hey, you know, financials or no, it's like you look at uh, competitors, you look at trends in the market, you look at uh, mistakes or what, you know, costs that you're having. Inefficiencies. Inefficiency, yeah. like a, how people feel about things. It's so like you look at a, at a bunch of things and the, all of those are different perspectives. Why? Because when you're talking to the HR department, they'll be interested in some things. When you're talking to the finance department, they'll be interested in some things that, you know, like product people will be looking at developers to another. So, and, and creating that, Full picture, no, yeah. a full picture of why, it, what's in it for them, right? Uh, and and communicating that again and and, and again and again, right? it's 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 key, you know. This is a very interesting point because, like, when you ask, like, what is in it for them? Because, like, basically, when you are trying to to drive change quite often you are asking other people to change, right? So that, that's the whole point, right? So otherwise if you just do your own local change and then problem solved. So so this is an important point that you raised, like what is in it for them? Because, it, because what where at least I failed in the past would be like, I realized that many years later that I was just giving them another problem. See, see what I'm saying? So I was going to them and say, hey, we need to change all of that, but for them, they, it was not clear what would be the benefit. In in fact, just changing those things would just create more work or more problems. And, yeah, and, exactly. And, 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 yeah, it and drives a lot of fears. Skill. Actually, it invokes a lot of fears because suddenly you're asking them actually to face certain fears. You know, they might be quite comfortable in in the way that they're doing things, and you're asking them to kind of go into the unknown often, right? Yeah. I think that I, I'm just trying to remember if we actually discussed that in a previous episode, because like uh, I certainly spoke about that uh, quite a few times before, uh, because like the one thing that uh, you need to, to be very conscious about is when you are driving change, quite often, one of the biggest mistakes is that we go with a solution, right? So we go there, it's like, hey, I think that we need to start doing X. Yeah, so that, that's... That's, that's what I've done. Certainly, I've done that myself. Like, I think we should do this. And all of a sudden, you are telling someone or a group of people that sh we should be doing X. So basically, we are proposing, as you were joking earlier in the episode, Mesh, you are proposing a solution that they don't know which problem that solution is addressing. And, and, and this is, was a, a, a big mistake. And in, try, in terms of understanding what is in it for them, Sometimes it's much easier, for example, when you think that you need to change and you normally have already a solution in your head, before you even put that solution on the table, you go to the people that you need support and try to align on the problem. So like, what are the key, and start asking questions, it's like, what are the key, then you can, you can choose your tactic. Because if the problem that the change that you want is about an inefficiency, you can be direct. It's like, what kind of inefficiency that you see in our project, in our in our process, or in our project, or, or whatever? So you can tap on it. Or for example, if you want to change something that is more exciting, that is a new thing and stuff, and so like, you can ask that kind of question. So like, where do you like 
where do you see this product going or this project going or this company going? What are your aspirations and stuff like that? Because then you start aligning, you start creating a common vision, and then you start also uh, having a, 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 an understanding if the person that you are talking to sees the same problems. And if they don't give the answer that you are expecting, maybe they don't see the same problem or they don't see what, what you envision. And then you can put that on the table. It's like, what about this? Have you, is this a problem for you? And if yes, how big that is? Because then you start understanding how, if, if the person said, no, this is not a big problem. And for you, the whole drive of the whole change is about that problem that you judge to be enormous. And all of a sudden that person doesn't see that as big. It's like, okay, so you don't see that as a problem. So what are the problems that are bigger than this one then? So, or why don't you see that as a problem? Because if you establish that relationship first, you will open up your perspectives as well. And then you might decide that maybe the, 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 the change that you are driving is not going to make a big difference or you can adapt your strategy. Right. But, but I think that this well, is you can change clear. yourself because maybe again, you don't, you're looking exactly. from a point of view where you don't have all the information and then now you, think you have something more is information. It's not a problem. So exactly. that can yeah, in fact, all those things, if you open yourself to change, right, you have a solution or in mind or you you think there is a certain kind of problem exists, but you are speaking to others, opening yourself to change, to see I, I am talking to other people to, because I'm seeking to understand more. If the thing that I think is important is actually important. So you go with this certain kind of humility to say, I think certain thing is important but actually, I haven't discussed it with other people. I haven't validated my ideas and my assumptions. And how do I go about speaking to people and understanding and validating my assumptions in order to, to really see what the problems are? Then you are open and you go open-minded and you go there to change yourself and not to, to change the other. I, I think this, this is such a, a great point because like this is another thing that is very important and, and it took me a very, very long time to understand that. So you really need to understand what you want. Do you want to change things and improve things or do you want to push your solution? Because those are very different things, right? So are you going to a, a, a conversation in order to solve a problem and you are open to all possible solutions that may derive from that conversation? Or you are just there going to say, this is the solution that I want. And that's, if we don't have that solution, I will not be satisfied. Because that is a very different kind of conversation, mm -hmm. right? Actually, in his book, Together, Richard Sennett talks about this as two types of conversation, the dialectical and the dialogical. And the dialogical right. he talks about is that, you know, the it's a zero game. You are there to win. The dialectical, I think I'm trying to get it the right way, is about I am going to have a conversation with you in order to improve my own understanding of my opinion. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, exactly. Because this this also uh, increases, like, and this, this distinction is very important because, like, you have a much bigger chance of driving change when you can align on the problems first, right? So make sure mm -hmm. that, uh, that so like, first of all, like, do we all perceive the same problems? Would we like, do we all want to be in this next stage or this next, in this other place, right? So in a better place or whatever. Do, because then you are opening up to any possible solution that can take you there or that can mm -hmm. solve the problem. But if you just go there and say, hey, this is what I, that I think we should want to do, and you are fighting now for your solution and not to solve the problem anymore, uh, the chances of you succeeding will be much smaller. There is no doubt about it. You know, there is an aspect we haven't discussed yet, which is uh, resistance. Like a lot of the times, we'll, you, whether you're doing all of these things or not, you will find resistance. And uh, I think Jose, wait, wait to bring in a topic that can take exactly, half an because, hour in the final uh, one. Uh, no, uh, we, uh, we, we, have, we have the extra we are 10 minutes. minutes. We have the extra 10 minutes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but um, it, it is quite uh, important, I think. And people tend to see 
the whole idea of change as a them versus us kind of approach, right? Like uh, we are trying to push this solution. We are the ones that have the truth. And then the other ones, you know, the same. No, So everyone's holding to their guns. That is not the approach. A lot of the times, at least I see resistance a bit as a as a fuel for the change in itself because it is the system telling you what it is that is not working about your solution, right? Like when people are resisting something, no, it's because they they have reasons to resist. Like nobody said, no, don't give me, you know, don't give me a million euros. Right, that that's a change, no, but it's a good change, so to speak. No, so nobody's gonna tell you no. That's uh, that's why I feel like that's kind of the input that you need to get in order to evolve, let's say, the way that you're doing the change, or to get that that input of on what's not working within your asthma. No? When people tell you, well, uh, the thing is, uh, I don't know, that it takes double the time for me to write this test, therefore I don't want to write tests. Yeah, What are they telling you there? I mean, you can see it as, oh, he doesn't want to do great practice or whatever. That's that's the us versus them approach. But in the end, if if you look at what the person is saying, there is some value to what he's saying. Like what he's possibly saying is, "Hey, uh, I I'm not skilled enough doing this, yeah, so that I can perform at the same level that I perform right now. Mm-hmm. Could we do something about that? Yeah." And and that kind of thing. So so I do think that people tend to and there's also a bunch of uh, types of of resistance. No, like if you look at it, uh, a, a lot of times we would get to a place and people would say, "We already tried this." What do you do about that? Like no, like we already tried it. Like oh, you're trying to change. Yeah, this is the fifth change that we tried on this bank. You know, and and I've been here for twenty years, so. I've seen a lot of these go <laughs> go by. So, no. Yeah, the, the, like you know, the, convince uh, me, convince me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. As we didn't have enough plugs, so so I can have another one. So so in my own book that I wrote, the Court of the Supercross, <laughs> oh. as we didn't, yeah, we didn't have enough plugs, right? So the but I wrote a, a chapter called Driving Technical Change, and that comes actually from a book with the same name called Driving Technical Change. And there are the type of skepticals uh, or skeptics. Uh, and, and the one that you mentioned, uh, the name for it, uh, we, we call it the burnt, like someone that was burnt from a previous attempt. And, and there are there is a big list like that uh, in the Driving Technical Change book, uh, it talks about some of the, 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 the skeptics. I expand that list uh, considerably. But, but this is the understanding the given reasons why people would reject an idea is extremely important because you need to change your strategy because as soon as you say like okay so if this kind of approach would not work with you why is that and then depend on the answer that that they give you you identify okay what kind of skeptic this person is oh they tried again or they tried before or they just read somewhere because there's a different type of person just the that just read things, right? And uh, or they are under pressure, uh, or they lack of skills. As you said, there might be, and 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 then the strategy to deal with that person will change significantly, right? I won't stop there because again, this is a, a big topic as well. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap up then. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any final uh, words before we close? Well, I think that this is similar to what I said in previous episodes. Uh, I don't remember exactly which one, but like the some of the few ones. The, the, be the, last be ones. the change you want to be in the world. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, you know, it, it was not not as cheesy as that, but like uh, it, it's not that far either. So the the thing is, if you are not, if you don't find the inner strength to drive change, then what means that you are going to be just unhappy with whatever environment you had. You don't have the strength to, to make the change. You, you think that it's not worth it or it's not going to happen. And then what you do, you move. You go to another company, try to find a place where that scenario doesn't exist. But then you're going to be disappointed again because there will be other things that will also annoy you. 
and then you will not find the inner strength again, inner strength again, and they're gonna give up again and go somewhere else, and you never find a place. So the way the, the, the final words for me is like just find find the inner uh, strength and make the change that you need to make and fight for those chains and develop that skill, because developing that skill you're gonna trans you increase the chances of you find happiness in the environment that you are in. I think my my final thought is that you know focus on the outcomes for the organization and not just your personal outcomes or your personal ide ideology or ideals even if that is your starting point and it's fine to have that as the starting point you know I want to do TDD because actually it's considered to be in the industry as, as generally a fairly good thing to do but okay what is the outcome if we you know if we you know envision your your team your company your organization doing that what would improve okay is is that worthwhile how how you can then take that and speak to people about those outcomes those improvements and that may lead back to the solution that you you already had in mind but again keep your mind open because there might be a different solution that's much better than the one you started right uh well you, you covered a lot of stuff in there so uh what i would say is I, I would like to leave you with a i guess two questions that i used to ask uh, for instance teams when we were coaching them and and that kind of stuff uh, which is do you think that you are you know the best team or the best company that you can be that's the first question, because usually the answer to that is no. And if the answer is yes, then there's nothing to do because, you know, they're perfect. So that's fine. There's no way you're going to no. Well, there are ways, but it's it it's it. That's a hard <laughs> that's a steep. Well, you can't uh, get better than perfect, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the thing is, they may have the perception that they are perfect, but then you need to chip uh, at that and actually show, you know, the things that they're not aware of or whatever, right? And create that sense of urgency and so on. So that, no, but if they say no, yeah, the next question is, would you like to? No, would you like to be the best company? Would you like to? Then let's let's work on that. No, and I feel like if you pose those questions to your team, if you like, it maybe it's TDD, maybe it's something else. But if you're always kind of, you know, going back to the beginning here, no, striving to improve and trying to you know adapt and and do things better, that that's it, right? Like you're gonna be making it better not only for yourself but but for everyone else, no. Okay, let's let's wrap it up here. Uh, if you like what you heard, subscribe, hit the notification uh, bell or whatever, and uh, you'll get notified when we launch a new episode. And uh, see you on the next one. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.